I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And we like movies and talking about movies and, of course, movie trivia and anything in pop culture. So welcome to Movie Shelf. Today we're talking about Ralph Breaks the Internet, which we just saw for our Family Time Tuesday activity. Plus, we'll talk about why we started this podcast, and we'll talk about what movies we're looking forward to, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. (laughs) Side of bacon. Before we jump into the movie, um, we want to tell you a little bit about why we started this podcast. So for me, movies have always been an interest um, in my life, mainly because of my family. Um, I know I remember growing up, um, my dad usually would kick off the weekend by stopping at the store and picking up a couple of movies to rent, along with ice cream. Um, in fact, I remember when I was about six or seven, going to the you know movie store with him and picking out, I picked out, Gone with the Wind, solely based on its cover, because it looked pretty, and it had two VHS tapes with it, so it was this extra big thing. Two tapes? Two tapes. Good grief. How long was that movie? It was, it was pretty long. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't, who knows if my brothers actually <laughs> watched the whole thing, but I actually watched it, and my dad, he went with it because it's a classic movie, and um, and he's always been really big on making sure I see the classics. Well, I have to admit, I don't think I've seen Gone with Wind myself. It's a good movie. It's a long movie, but it's a good movie. Sounds it's one like of those it's movies. A slow movie. <laughs> well, it's one of those movies where you kind of watch it, and it's like a movie, and then all of a sudden there's this bonus movie. Um, but like, anyway, like Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, like, like Ralph. <laughs> um, so fast forward about thirty thirty years, um, I thought it would be fun to kind of take this interest of mine and combine it, you know, with the world of podcasts, um, because my husband and I, Corey and I, we love to talk about movies and, and so movie shelf was born. Well, I myself, you know, grew up loving movies and watched as many as I could get, but, uh, growing up in the household, I, I definitely had a little bit more of a sheltered childhood and grew up in a home where R-rated movies were not allowed. And you'd say, as soon as I got out on my own, that was no longer a barrier. You rebel. Yeah. (laughs) But I never really went back and caught up on all the ones that I missed during my growing up until I pretty much met you. And then this sweet little innocent wife of mine starts introducing me to all these demented movies that I missed growing (laughs) up. One that still haunts me is... uh, Judgment Night? Oh, gosh. Judgment Night. (laughs) It is the scariest movie. (laughs) Because it's the most plausible of all the scary movies. That's what makes it so scary. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so definitely a movie movie fan myself. All right, Corey, plain and simple. Like or dislike? I liked Ralph Breaks the Internet. So did I. I liked it. And now we'll tell you why. All right, so I really loved how they visually described the internet. So what did you think of that? Uh, it, it was definitely an interesting perspective on, you know, kind of showing the, the internal workings of how it possibly all works and so forth. But if I may, before I say why I liked the movie, I'd like to say what I did not like about the movie. Ooh, okay. That is the title of the movie. Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yes. because Everyone's it, calling it Rock Ralph 2? <laughs> well, no. If you have a movie called Ralph Breaks the Internet, you think the majority of the movie is about 
Ralph breaking the internet, but having recalled the movie, it's not the internet did not break until the last ten minutes of the movie. I definitely am with you there. Um, I think for me, I thought the movie was a little long. Um, it's 112 move minutes, which is you know pretty close to two hours, which for a kids movie seems pretty long. Um, and I think for me, I got to a point where I was like, all right, they accomplished their goal. I feel like we're done. I'm good, happy, and content. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, whoa, I don't think he's broken the internet yet. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, there was a derailment into that next little stage of the movie. It's, it was almost like two movies in one movie. Well, yeah, it's like they concluded the main problem of the movie. And once that concluded, then there was this little 10-minute sideshow finally coming forth with the what the movie the title of the movie was about <laughs> yeah and uh, and not only that that was also its attempt at you know trying to tug on the heartstrings which felt just a little forced um you know i think the movie was a lot of fun um a lot of puns um just also a lot of visual like i said visuals for this abstract world of the information superhighway of the internet. And a ton of fun cameos all yes. across from different genres of movies, types of movies. Um, Possibly still all owned by Disney, but... Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Disney cameos. Um, I, I know that this was one of your favorite parts, but one of my favorite parts were, were of course, the princesses. They, they almost stole the show for bits of it. Um, from their um, newly discovered comfy clothes, which, um, you know, our daughter was real quick to say, if they're smart, they're going to sell those clothes. Because she was like, I'd buy that nap queen shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, from from that to then trying, you know, having the, the princesses save a man. Yeah, you know, not, not to give any spoilers, but, you know, in a way, they almost kind of saved the day close to the, the end of the movie, which was very, very cute to see. So and then um, of course one of my um, one of one of the little favorite characters in the movie was um, Mister I think he was called Mister but Mister knows more, which was voiced by Alan Tudyk, and I'm I, and hopefully that's how you pronounce his name I never quite know I think you got it right <laughs> that's how I, I would say it but I really like him he. Um, He's been in all sorts of movies. He's done all sorts of voices. In fact, he was in Wreck-It Ralph as um, as a I think King Candy. Yeah, the uh, the main villain. Yes, which he um, I know he was using that voice. That his inspiration for that voice was from a you know character on Mary Poppins. Um, and I'm pretty sure I feel like Mister Knowsmore. He was inspired by I think it's Droopy, some sort of dog. That's what he sounded like to me. It was a lot of fun to hear him. I would have to hear a side-by-side before I can confirm that. Yeah, I meant to look that up. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Alan Tudyk myself, and it's, so it's nice to see him come back voicing this movie, too. And for those of you who may not know, I mean, he's done other voice work, too. He was the uh, the uh, K2SO, the uh, the main droid in, in Rogue One, which was a pretty comic relief element of that movie i guess you could say yeah and were you the one telling me um or was i telling you um that he was uh on the set he got to meet his name is escaping me but the man that actually is c3po anthony no anthony daniels yeah anthony daniels and i think in whatever i can't remember if you were telling me if i was reading but they um 
they mentioned that, um, you know, for Ellen Tudyk, all his work was CGI. But, of course, for Anthony Daniels, he was physically in yeah. that suit. And Getting he's like... cuts and bruises and everything else. <laughs> so, I think there was some sort of comment that, you know, Alan Tudyk definitely had it easy. And as as clever as an actor as he is, it's, it's almost unfortunate to say that I don't think he's really had, like, a lead role in any movie. I think the closest that he may come is being... Uh, I guess voicing the character of Sonny and I Robot, I Robot, because that is a, aside from Will Smith, a very prominent character, if yeah. not, you know, the main character himself in that movie. He was kind so, of the reason for the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, as far as his live action performance, of course, there was the, uh, the the pilot of Firefly, and he was the, uh, of course, we all both love Tail and Ducker versus Evil. So if you Ducker and Dale. Tucker and Dale. Dale and Tucker, one of those. Tucker and Dale versus <laughs> Evil, which we both have loved. And if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend seeing that movie. It's pretty his, fun. His role in that movie alone is, is is worth it. I describe it to people as, it's a think of a horror movie from the villain's perspective. <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the, horror, the horror perspective. Yeah. And of course, he also had a very fun role in um, A Knight's Tale as Watt, <laughs> the, the redhead. Yes. Helper. I will phone you, all of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> very, very versatile actor. So he's a fun guy. All right. So, Corey, how do you think this movie compares to its predecessor, the first one, Wreck-It Ralph? Well, as you mentioned, as far as the tugging of the heartstrings go, it, it was definitely a little bit more forced in this movie. And the first one, it, it was felt more natural. The the tuggings of the heartstring definitely flowed better through the movie. So there's a little bit more of a disconnect on this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, the movie was definitely still very fun to watch, still very entertaining. It was just that last 10-minute part when the end actually got wrecked, that just seems a little disconnected from the rest <laughs> of the movie. But um, I think for me, the, the original, the first one, definitely had a lot more nostalgia fun. Um, of course, you know, the arcade life, you know, we're, for the most part, we're 80s kids. And, you know, we that's, you know, we know that world of arcade games and things like that. I mean, I think you're, you're probably plenty more of an arcade person than me. But, um, but we definitely know those games in that world. And, and it was just fun to, that they were showcasing it and, and showing that transition, you know, from some of the old 8-bit games to some of the newer <laughs> games. Um, and then this one just, of course, opened a whole new door of different types of gaming and things of oh, that yeah. nature. Like like massive internet multimedia yeah. gaming and so forth. So very different from just your standard arcade games. Definitely. Yeah. The whole PC genre. Yes. Um, which I'm all about PC. Um, so, but, so it was definitely fun to have kind of that unique nostalgia from the original, which wasn't as perhaps strong in this one. But it's okay. I mean, it was a different. It was slightly a different playing field because they were, of course, entering a whole new century yeah. almost. Um, but it was fun. What's the verdict? Does it make the movie shelf? For me, I have to admit it, it's very close. Uh, I've I've partnered this one uh, a little bit for a while, and I'm gonna say no. But it, 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 it's very close. You know, if I'm on the couch and I'm channel surfing for them watching it and, and Ralph Breaks the Internet is on, I'm going to flip to it to watch yeah. it because it is a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, our we, we have a real estate on our movie shelf is is, is, <laughs> is uh, 
hard, getting hard to come by as we get more movies. So we got to be a little bit more selective as far as what gets put on our shelf. But uh, this one is is going to be a pass as far as owning. Yeah, I am actually pretty much along with um, right along with you. So, does it make the movie shelf for me? No, it was fun, and I had a lot of actual laugh out loud moments um, watching it. Um, but I think you know, again, my favorite part was just the exploration of the internet itself. Um, but you know, it's not going to grace our shelf. I still consider it a must see. Yeah. So it's there's, definitely there's fun. that line there. It's. It's got jokes for every age. So if you go as a family, there's jokes of all ages, I guess. And as far as cameos go, I, I, I do need to, from a personal note, mention this. Because in my, to my knowledge, this is the first movie to have some kind of a cameo nod towards the great late Stan Lee. So this will be his first movie cameo after his passing. And it is... Very quick, short, and brief, and if you blink at the wrong time, you'll miss it, but it is there. <laughs> but, uh, of course, they added him in because there was a lot of quick cameo references to a lot of the uh, Marvel superheroes that were quickly shown in the movie and so forth, and him being the co-creator of so many Marvel characters that so many of us love. You know, it's, it's nice to see a, a little blip of him in the movie as it was. Definitely. That was fun. Um, I think it would have been really fun if we could have heard him um, just because he has such a great sounding voice. Um, it's it really still fun just to listen to him. Earlier this month when that happened on the, on the 12th. It was yeah. so, still so recent. Um, so yeah, it does not make the shelf, but it's definitely worth a see. Um, it's definitely worth, you know, if it's on TV, that type of thing. Um, the overarching story is a little, maybe a little weak, but it's got so many great fun puns and it's just a fun movie. So yeah, definitely... it could have been very successful. They just say that Ralph saves the arcade and just ended <laughs> it there. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for our picks of the week. Picks of the week. So for me, um, kind of inspired by this movie, um, my pick is Inside Out. Um, so just as Ralph did a great job giving a visual to the information superhighway, the internet, um, so too does Inside Out do, do for emotions. Um, that was It was just so fun to kind of watch how they visualized, you know, all the emotions that we have and, and also really showing the importance of all the, these emotions, that they all have a role. They all are needed. So what about you? Well, uh, I know that you asked me to re- have a pick of the week referring to another movie, but... I didn't ask you, because you wanted this one. So I was like, oh, I thought you were going to pick this other one. <laughs> but as I was thinking, that there were a couple of things coming to mind. One, you know, with all the 80s nostalgia going on in the in the movie and so forth, uh, you know, of course, Ready Player One came to mind, but I can't recommend the movie Ready, Ready Player <laughs> One. I can only recommend the book, particularly the audio book. It is so fun to listen to. And if you're into 80s nostalgia, you would definitely love that. If you have not listened to the book or read the book, or anything of that sort, definitely check it out because it's great. And the book, the audio version is narrated by Will Wheaton. So yeah, it's sure. something that my whole family has listened to repeatedly um, just because it's so much fun. Of course, more very fun for me being a fan of the Next Generation Star Trek series and so forth. And <laughs> it's kind of ironic listening to him, missing himself in the book yeah. <laughs> as he's reading it, which is nice. 
But uh, going back to referencing movies, you know, uh, thinking of Alan Tudyk, you know, the first couple movies that comes to mind is, of course, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and the, uh, of course, A Nice Tale and Firefly. So any one of those, you know, it has great performances by him. So a little hard to limit to, to one when it comes to him. <laughs> so I'm hearing we've got lots of picks from Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not one. It was hard to narrow, narrow down to one today from referencing this movie. But yeah, definitely check out those um, Alan Judig movies. Check out, you know, Ready Player One, the book. It's so fun. And Inside Out, I'm sh- you know, if you haven't seen it, it's just a, it's a really great, fun movie. Also, Disney. Um, that, again, gives you, as you said, gives you an interesting perspective on the inside of the emotions, inside the head of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like we go inside the internet on this one. So another thing that we're going to be doing in these podcasts is talking about the movie trailers that we saw in the feature movie that we went to go see and talk about which ones we're excited about that's coming out from the trailers that we saw. So what popped up particular in your radar, Heather, from those? Well, it was a lot of fun. We got a double dose, two teasers um, in um, that were part of this package, I guess you could say, while we went to see Ralph. There were two teasers for Toy Story 4. And that's very unusual yeah. for trailers but when you're going to go see a movie to see two of them for the same movie. <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Um, I, have, I have no idea where the story is going to go because um, they were definitely, they were just... They were little breadcrumbs. They weren't even real teasers. They were just, they were letting you know it's coming. Um, so I'm definitely excited because Toy Story, first off, I can't um, I can't even conceive how old the Toy Story genre, or I don't know if it's the genre, but the Toy Story movies are. I mean, Toy Story came out so long ago. I remember my parents taking my grandmother, my mom's mom, to go see it, um, and she just loved it. And um, and that was, I know, at least, I don't know, like somewhere when I was in high school or something. But one really interesting thing they do with the passes of time of these movies is that they keep the passes of time current and realistic to the setting of the movie. So in the first Toy Story, the boy getting the toys, he's a, a young boy. And in Toy Story 3, he's going off to college. So the passing of time in between the movies is still... Concurrent, I guess you could say. Would that be a good way of saying it? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. keeping up. But so, who knows where we're going now? Well, at, at the end of the third one, the little girl got the yeah, maybe she's new toy. Up now. So, so is you know, are we no longer going to see the the main boy that was in the first three? I don't know. I don't know if Andy will be around. Good old Andy. Yes, writing his name on the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> I don't think that was ever anything I did. With my toys. I don't know. Hmm. You, didn't, you didn't try to mark them as yours in case they get misplaced? No, I do. I definitely did mark books. And I even have books because I'm the baby of the family. I have hand-me-down books. And I remember I've scratched out my brother's names and put my name. <laughs> so, okay. So another trailer that I am excited for because it's Tim Burton. And I really like Tim Burton. Um, it's a classic story. Dumbo. Um, the only nervous part I have is that and I understand as you like to remind me that it's kind of a sad story. It is a sad when you watch the animated movie of it it is a sad movie and I even had the, the actual even before I saw the movie I actually had the little golden book with, <laughs> that came with the record to Dumbo. <laughs> nice um, watching these previews for it um, because it comes out I think next month um, so it's definitely very close so watching the previews, um, 
you know, it looks very beautiful, but they're also very somber. And it's just, it kind of, it's like, oh my goodness, it already feels sad. Yeah. Um, so I hope that it will not just be sad. Um, Tim Burton can do some really cool things. Um, so I hope, I hope you'll do something really cool with Dumbo. Um, I did actually have fun. The fact that Danny DeVito's in it as well. Danny DeVito was in Big Fish as kind of the big circus person. And it looks like he's the, the ring, the ring master, I guess, um, for Dumbo. So I thought that was fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I get kind of hot and cold when it comes to Tim Burton. Yes, you do. But (laughs) I will say even whether I like the movie or I don't like the movie, I have to say in every movie, especially ones that I personally like, they are beautifully filmed. Yes. I mean, um, oh, got a mind block, uh, the Headless Horseman. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> you know, it's not your typical Burton movie, but, you know, there are, there are so many scenes that are just so beautifully shot, mm-hmm. you know? So he definitely does a good job on that. It's kind of like um, Edward Scissorhands when he's, I think, kind of chopping up the, the ice, I guess, and he kind of <laughs> makes this, like, snow globe scene. It's so pretty. Yeah. Um, okay, so the only other trailer or preview I remember from the movie it's not necessarily something I'm looking forward to necessarily, um, because I was disappointed with the first one, but it was for pets too. They showed a pre a little teaser for that. And the teaser was cute. Um But so was the teaser for the first movie. I know. We were dog people and <laughs> the um it was doing exactly what our dogs do when we leave. They just want to know where we went. And, and that and the, like, the, the part we were looking forward to the movie encompassed the whole first 10 minutes of the movie. And then it was just this really weird adventure after that. Yeah. So who knows what's going on with Pets 2. But we did see a trailer for that. So that's around the corner as well. And now, how about a side of bacon? Okay. So explain to the people what our side of bacon is, Heather. Yeah. So I was introduced to the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon back when I was in high school um, by my friend Louie. I found it a fascinating outlet for my love of movie trivia, and so I immediately brought this game home, I guess you could say, um, and it became a staple um, way to pass the time at dinner outings with my family. Um, And only we changed it up. Instead of, you know... To uh, instead of connecting to Kevin Bacon, like the kind of the the idea of the game is, um, we connected to two random actors. So usually, you know, I would think of an actor, and my dad would think of an actor, or my mom would think of an actor, and my brother would think of an actor, and we'd try to connect them in as few movies as possible. So if you're not familiar, it's you have an actor, and you say this actor was in this movie with this actor, who was in this movie with with this actor, who was in this movie with either Kevin Bacon or whoever you're thinking of. So that's kind of how the game works. So for today's side of bacon. And we'll get a little bit, let me get a little bit better idea how it goes on. We actually link these in our next, yes, yes. next podcast. So for today's side of bacon, my actor is Liam Hemsworth. Who's that? Well, he is a, you know, the brother of Thor, sort of the brother of Chris oh, Hemsworth. Boy, that's a dark shadow to be living under. <laughs> like uh, is he like uh, engaged with Miley Cyrus or something like that he's doing okay um, I can only name one type of movie Hunger Games he's been in, okay, he's been Hunger, in Games, Hunger Games yeah. I can't think of anything else <laughs> there's, been, there's been some other things um, so Corey who's your actor 
Uh, I picked uh, Clint Eastwood. Ooh, so we definitely have a generation gap here. Definitely. Uh, but, hey, he's still making movies, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In so, fact, he's got a movie I coming mean, out soon that I want to see. So that, that gives a very wide range of movies to pick from. All right. So we'll have to work on this. And what we'll do is we'll reveal our answer next week um, or in our next podcast. Thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. Be sure to check out our page where we have our show notes and we'll have links to the trailers of some of the movies we talked about, um, as well as our bacon trivia. And I know that this is not YouTube. What was it that every YouTuber says? If you like us, please click the like and subscribe button to help us out. Yeah. Give us all those hearts. (laughs) You'll get the heart reference when you watch the movie. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. We'll catch you next time. 